So I uh, hope you guys are doing good. I hope you guys are enjoying your weekend. Small groups, as we said, started. I, I had a great weekend. I spent a weekend at the lake with our small group pack. And so make sure you sign up for a small group. It's a ton of fun. You get to meet some people uh, to become friends with. It's my favorite time of the year because it's state fair time. I love the state fair. I don't really care about the fair as much as I love people watching. And it is the best people watching you will ever. There are moments at the fair that I'm just like, we live in the same state. And it's just like, it's unreal. It's so good. So uh, so again, if you're new, we're so glad you guys are here. We're in the fourth week of our mixtape series. We've got one more week next week, and we are covering one of my favorite songs um, of all time. For some of you, it'll be a new song. You'll be like, this is one of your favorite songs, but I'm super excited about next week and the last week and how we land uh, the plane in this series. So we're covering some of the most famous songs, and we're taking a look at them, and we're asking what questions can we learn from these songs. Now, that is an upbeat song, obviously, but if you've looked at the lyrics on the screen, it's actually actually a very heavy song and in there talk about a lot of things that a lot of people face in life. And so with that said, based on the title of the song, does anybody feel like they're under pressure, under pressure in life? And the reality is at different times, many of us will feel like we're under pressure, that life is just weighing down on us and pressing down on us in different seasons and for different things that come up. And whenever you face pressure, um, every once in a while, if you're telling somebody about the stuff you're going through, somebody will come along and they'll remind you, and I know that they mean well when they say this, but they'll remind you that diamonds form under pressure. Anybody ever heard that expression before? And you're like, you're so dumb. You're like, when they tell you that, you're like, I get that. Because there's other things that also form under pressure, right? I get it. Diamonds form under pressure. But you know what else forms under pressure? Dumb decisions, right? Divorce, doubt, and depression all form under pressure. And we all feel pressure at times in life, so we just have to acknowledge it. But the hope is, is that we don't get crushed by it, because pressure can feel like something at times in life that's weighing down on us. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says this, starting in verse 8, we are hard-pressed on every side. You ever felt like that? So hard-pressed on every side. He's saying it's not just coming from like one side, like there's seasons of life and times in life where it feels like we're facing it on every side. But the hope is that you can have what he has. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And I love this idea that Paul gives us because sometimes what we do with the Bible and especially the men and women in the Bible is we say, well, of course it was easy for them. And what Paul's acknowledging here is, no, internally, we felt it. Like it was hard. It didn't destroy us, but we felt it, just like we all do. And I tell you that one of the things that I want to feel most when I feel pressure, and even right now I'm in a season of just a lot of pressure, most of it's internal things that I'm putting on myself, but whenever I feel pressure in life, one of the things that I want to feel the most at the same time is I want to feel peace, right? I want to feel peace in the circumstance. Now, for me, peace has looked different over the years, and there's been different ideas that I've had about peace. But I'll tell you what I used to think that peace looked like, and I think I have an image that's going to pop up here in just a second, or go ahead and pop that up. So for me, this is peace, right? A beach, right? I love the beach. I love going to the beach. I love spending time at the beach. And so for me, just being able to sit on a beach, and the less crowded, the better, in a chair by myself watching the kids play in the water. Like, to me, that's always been this idea of peace. 
But what I've also learned is even though I love that image and I will, I promise you one day, it's not soon, I'm leaving you and going to the beach and I'm not coming back, I promise you. So just wait for that day to come, all right? But here's the other thing I know about that. It doesn't last. It's only temporary, right? Because eventually we have to leave that place. And even if I lived there, eventually you have to leave this and eventually it becomes routine. And, And so we have these images of what peace looks like, but the reality is, It's just temporary. And oftentimes, it's just a temporary escape. And what a lot of us do, maybe it's not the beach, maybe it's something different for you. What we do is we keep trying to fill our life, especially when we feel pressure, with temporary escapes. But the key word is temporary. They don't last. They eventually end, and then all of a sudden, we're feeling the pressure again. And in some ways, a temporary escape is just a counterfeit piece. So my question for us is, what do we use as temporary escapes that you've called peace, but it's really not peace? Now, the reality is everybody has a need for peace. We all want peace in our life, especially when we're feeling the weight of life. But until we find a true source of it, we will always use temporary escapes to satisfy our real need, and then they'll leave us longing for more and even feeling more of the weight of life. Now, there's nothing wrong with temporary escapes. There's nothing wrong with going to the beach. There's nothing wrong with going for a run. There's nothing wrong with with spending time with friends. Or if for some of you, I don't understand this, but getting on social media or whatever it is that brings you peace in life, there's nothing wrong with it until it's actually replacing the place of peace that God is supposed to fulfill in your life. And so I want to ask and evaluate in our life, what are we using that we should allow God to come into our life that we're actually filling with these temporary voids. The best way to say it is for so many of us, what we've done, and I've done this at different times, is we're looking externally for something that's actually supposed to be coming from within. And so we keep bouncing around, we keep looking for these external sources of peace, when actually what we see in scripture is it's something that's supposed to come from within. So when life happens, where do you turn? When life happens, what do you do? And there's nothing wrong with going out into a meadow and running in the field or going to a beach or sitting by a creek or whatever, but it's not a lasting peace. In John 16, and we've used this verse many times, but it bears repeating, Jesus warns his disciples because I think we have to get comfortable with this idea. And in John 16, he tells them, he says, you will have many trials. The question is, well, how many? And he just says, well, many. There's a whole bunch of them. You're going to have trials at school, trials in your family, trials at work, internal trials. You're going to have many trials. And then he says, and you're also going to have many sorrows. In other words, there's going to be a lot of pressure sometimes in life. And then he says this, but take heart because I've overcome the world, which is a great saying. But I got to be honest with you. If I'm the disciple and I'm standing there and he just told me all of this terrible stuff that I'm going to face, um, I'd be a little bit frustrated in this meeting. You know, like, okay, so take heart. You know, he, he gathers us around and he tells us we're going to have all these really bad things happen to us. And there's going to be lots of trouble and lots of sorrows and th- lots of tough times. And, you know, but it's all good because I've overcome it all, you know. Take heart. Now, I could be a little cynical at times about certain things. And, and I could see where the disciples, Jesus, he always speaks in these parables that they don't understand. And he says things that leaves their heads scratching their heads. And then he tells them this really hard stuff. And he says, but take heart. And the reason he tells them this, and I think the reason he looks to us forward, is because he wants us to learn that there are going to be these hard things in life, 
but it's the source of where we find our peace. It's the source of where this comes from. It's the source of this that is supposed to stay in. And he says, I have told you these things. I've told you you're going to face these things so that in me you may have peace. And the key word there is that in him you can have peace. And why can we trust that we can have peace in him? Because as he's already said, he has overcome the world. And so what troubles do you face and where do you turn whenever you're looking for peace in those things? Everybody in this room is going to have troubles. Everybody in here is going to have relationship problems. Everybody in here is going to have problems at their work. Everybody in here, listen, you're going to have these things. It's not always going to be rosy. It's not always going to be the way that you hoped. I promise you, your hair is not always going to be long and thick. You may go bald really early. You know, it might happen, right? You're going to have trials and sorrows. People are going to lie to you. People are going to treat you wrong. You're going to be misunderstood in life. You're going to have good intentions and they're going to be misinterpreted and people are going to judge you for that or say things about you. And Jesus says, I'm telling you, you're going to have trials and sorrows, but take heart because he's already overcome all of those things. And in him and only in him will you find this peace. And here's what I want to say. God promises peace, not the absence of pressure. And that's something we have to learn, that God offers peace and promises peace, but not the absence of pressure. And here's what I got to tell you. Until I figured this out, I got disappointed in God a lot. I was disappointed in God many times, and to be honest with you, there may still be times, because I thought, and many of us thought, right, we look into this and you're like, God, like we're, we're connected, we're close, we're tight, and so why do I have to go through this terrible situation? Why do I have to go through these things? Some of us thought when we got saved that it put us in a place where these things just weren't going to bother us anymore and these things weren't going to affect us anymore. But God promises peace, but he never promises the absence of pressure. But the side of that that I want to talk about that I think we have to really kind of evaluate and kind of shift gears on, and if you don't hear anything else, hear, hear this, that, that just because you face pressure doesn't also mean you can't have peace. Is it possible to have pressure? Is it possible that pressure is the only way to identify if you truly can even have peace? And not only if you have peace, but where your peace comes from. Because here's what I think. When we think about our life, when everything's good, all right, how do you know that you have peace? Because everything's working out. And you feel good in your heart. You feel good in your mind. Things seem to be going okay. But it's when start, stuff starts moving. It's when the pressure comes in. This is the time where our peace kind of goes away. This is the time where we start looking for these temporary things. And one of the things that I see in Scripture over and over that keeps reminding us is you're supposed to live in peace. It's not a place that you run to, but it's a place that you abide in. And so how do we get there? Because that doesn't just happen, does it, right? You see, I could even say, like, you're supposed to have peace in God, but that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come naturally to us. Which is why I think that we have to talk about the other side of this, that when life happens and we feel pressure and we want this peace, there's something else that some of us have to go through and some of us have to realize and open up to. The reality is, is that life happens. And it's human nature in me and human nature in you to avoid the things that we don't like, right? That's what we do. We, we, we have this society and this thing where we just, if we don't like something, we just avoid it. But the reality is, all of us know is there are certain things in life that we're not going to be able to avoid. 
There are certain things that happen in life that they're just going to happen. It's a terrible expression, but sometimes it's the truest. It just is what it is. And so what do you do when there's nothing you can do? What do you do when you can't avoid things anymore? What do you do when the temporary escapes that you've been piling together don't work anymore and you're trying to find peace? So how do you respond? And then Jesus comes along and says things like, take heart. And in one of my least favorite verses, and I tell you, I don't like verses in the Bible. I don't know if I was to tell you that or not. But there's this one where Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, right? Can I tell you, I worry about tomorrow all the time. I'll preach about it that I don't, but I do. I worry about tomorrow. And sometimes I just want to raise my hand and say, like, hold on a second. God, you don't know what's coming up tomorrow in my life. I do, right? You don't know what's about to happen. And it seems so insensitive that Jesus would just say, well, don't worry about it, right? With these big overarching blanket statements. And then comes James. And what James is going to tell us is something that's going to make us really uncomfortable when it comes to this idea and what we're talking about. It's going to make us really uncomfortable when it comes to this idea of finding peace in certain things, but also what we should do when we face seasons of pressure and things in our life. Now, this is James, the brother of Jesus. Now, this is a really important detail because James leads the early church for about 30 years. And remind you, he's the brother of Jesus, Okay, And if you've ever had doubts about the authenticity of Jesus, let me ask you this question. James believed that his brother, who he grew up with, was not only his Lord and Savior, but also was from and was God. So here's the question to help you. What would it require for your younger or older brother or sister for you to believe that they were God, right? It would take some pretty authentic kind of belief there, right? And James lived his life believing that Jesus was, in fact, God. So we can have a little bit of confidence in the authenticity of Jesus that even his own brother believed this message. And so James leads the early church for about 30 years. Now, early on into the church, there was lots of persecution. It wasn't the movement that we have today where there's churches all over the world and Christians all over the world. It wasn't that at all. For, in fact, for the first 30 years were some of the toughest years on the church. And James is kind of put in charge of leading this local church here in Jerusalem. And things are not going well. And James is carrying the weight and sees the difficulty that all of these people are going through, the trials they're going through, the persecution they're going through. And when I say persecuted, I don't mean like somebody made a Facebook comment that you don't like. I'm talking about these people are being executed. These people are asked to recant their faith or they're going to be put to death. These people are kicked out of their homes and out of their villages because of what they believe. They are facing real persecution. Persecution that many people in the world today are still facing for their faith. And you and I get upset about the dumbest things, don't we, right? So James is actually facing real trials. And this is what gives him this credibility as he continues to lead the church. And he is continuously faced by an actual community in crisis. And so he's writing a letter to these people that are facing these seasons of intense pressure and hard times and trials. And James is going to say something, and maybe you know this is in the Bible or not, but he's going to say something that many of us, and again, things that we just don't like to hear in the Bible. And so James chapter 1, he says this. He says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, so he's echoing what Jesus has already kind of said, that in this world you're going to have trouble, you're going to face many trials, you're going to have lots of sorrows. He says, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now notice, he doesn't say, if you ever face trials. He says, when you face trials. 
And these are the type of trials, and I know this is going to be new to some of you. These are the type of things you can't just pray them away. You can't just obey them away. Like these are things that you're in the thick of. These people that he's writing to are some of the most faithful people. I mean, they prayed continuously. They gave everything they could, and yet they're still facing these pressures and these trials in life. And it says, whenever you face many kinds of trials. Now, when it says face, in English it doesn't translate well, but the word that's used there for the Greek is the same word that would be like if you were going to surprise somebody, which means that a lot of these trials are trials that you just, you didn't see coming. It's the phone call in the middle of the night. It's the thing, the the news, the diagnosis that you weren't expecting. It's like not only these things that you kind of see on the, the horizon, but it's also these things that are just surprising. And so when you face these trials, the trials you think that are going to come, and then the trials that come out of nowhere. When you face many kinds of trials, here's what you're supposed to do. All right? And here's what he says you're supposed to do. Consider it pure joy. Nope. Right? Like, can we just be honest? Can, like, can we just, I mean, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Has anybody ever faced a trial and your first response is, well, this is going to be fun. Right? <laughs> Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. And so how can he say this, what seems like at first a very insensitive thing, not knowing the circumstances of my life, not knowing the hard things that I'm going through, not knowing the hard things that I'm going to face, not knowing the surprise things that I'm going to face. He hasn't even heard our story. Listen, you, I'm a talker, right? I don't talk a lot, but when I get going, I get going. And I can talk and I can and you guys can do the same thing. I can talk long enough that you'll start boohooing and feel bad for me and be like, he never stood a chance, right? Because we can just keep going and going and going and all the worries that we face and all the hardship we face and all the things that have been robbed of us and the way the world's mistreated us and the mean people in life and he's saying listen just consider it joy whenever those things come up in other words he wants you to reframe the point of your trials and why does he want us to do this can i be honest with you and 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 i think that if you're real honest with yourself that, that you'll acknowledge this we want our faith to go really smooth And we want it to be really easy. And part of us is that we thought when we signed up for this Jesus thing that it was all just going to work out. And here's James, the brother of Jesus, who's faced trials that you and I could not even imagine. And he's saying, when you face those trials, consider it pure joy. And here's why. Because you know that the testing of your faith. Now take that slide down for a second because I I want to come back to what he says next. He says, and they can't hear me in the back, but that's okay. He says, because you know, he says, there's something you've lost sight of. Testing is the process used to determine the authenticity of something, right? And and so in in the scientific community, or like if you're testing like a, a precious metal or something like that, you have to test something to prove the authenticity of something. And here's why this is really important. When we go through trials, they expose the authenticity of our confidence in God, don't they? When you're facing a trial of any kind, you discover something about your faith. In moments that you face tough trials, you discover 
what you really believe. You also discover what you are pretending to believe. You discover what you were taught as a child, but you never really embraced as an adult. And until you go through that, you're never going to have to wrestle with the realness of this. The authenticity and the genuineness of your faith is being tested. It happens. Put it another way, when circumstances begin to deteriorate in our life, when the pressure comes in, the artificial and counterfeit faith also starts to deteriorate, doesn't it? Because you were putting your faith in something that you pretended to believe, that you said you believed, but now all of a sudden it's a little bit tougher, it's a little bit harder. And James says there is joy in this because you discover how real your faith actually is. And there's joy in discovering that even though there's things that I wouldn't sign up for, neither would you, that's happening in the midst of our trials, I'm discovering something about myself that I could not discover any other way. And you're discovering in the midst of those trials you face something about yourself you could not discover any other way. And so he says, consider the whole process, the whole encounter as joyful. Because here's what we also know, is that when you face trials and when you face pressure and you face hardship, it demonstrates something and it produces something. It demonstrates something and it produces something. Not only does it demonstrate whether or not your faith is genuine and real or whether you're just having little kid faith. And I don't mean little kid faith because Jesus tells me that faith like a child. I'm talking about like the faith that you heard when you were a kid, but you never really kind of embraced it. Or it's this counterfeit faith, this counterfeit idea. And here's what he says, back to verse three. It says it produces something, and here he said it produces. It produces perseverance. Perseverance. And do you know what perseverance is? Perseverance is the ability to hold up. Perseverance is the ability that as the weight comes down on you, you don't crumble under the pressure. It's the ability to hold up under the pressure or the stress in life. It's the ability to hold up when life happens. And what he's saying is, listen, we need some more perseverance. And the only way that you're going to get this perseverance is when you face these trials and all of a sudden everything is on the table. And you have to decide, is this something that I really believe? Listen, you have to decide, is this really the source of my peace? Or have I just been going to these temporary things over and over again? And then he says the most interesting thing. Let the perseverance finish its work, which means don't give up. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's what I think, and this is, this is hard for some of us to hear, I get it. But, but here's what I think happens. Whenever we face hard things, we just want it to go away, don't we? But if all the hard things that you face and all the trials you face and all the pressure you face, if you can just pray it away or obey it away or give enough money and it just goes away, it's never going to do the work that it needs to do. And you want that work to finish because then you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And here's the thing. We're Americans. We want to be not lacking anything, right? 
And if we want it in our life and we want it with our possessions and we want it in our relationships, why would you not want it in your faith? Jesus uses a little play on words here. He says, perseverance, the process, let it play out so that you will understand your faith. Now, <clears throat> I think this is a really important lesson for all of us, but I want to ask you a question. Have you ever met somebody like that? Have you ever met somebody or known somebody who faced trials of many kinds? Have you ever met somebody or know somebody that they faced trials that, to be honest with you, you step back and you say, I don't know how I would respond if that happened to me. I don't know how I would respond if that was me going through that. And I tell you, because of what I've been doing for the last 20 years, I have watched people walk through all kinds of trials Trials that, I'll be honest, I'm not sure if I walk through, I'd be able to get up on the stage every week and tell you the things that I'm telling you. And they walk through it with extraordinary faith and confidence in God. Because they know where their peace comes from, and they know where their peace is found. Do you know people like that? Have you experienced people like that? And I got to tell you, and I think that you would agree, they are the most, and not just the most, I am more inspired by them, the people whose faith is tested and endures, I'm more inspired by the people who get a no than the people who always seemingly get a yes. I'm more inspired by the people who live through these hard things and experience these hard things, and yet they come out on the other side. And the reason you're so inspired by them and the reason I'm so inspired by them, and here's what I really believe is because it gives us confidence that there is a category of faith that many of us haven't reached because we haven't matured and let the process work out, that there is a category of faith, a category of confidence in God that can endure just about anything. And we see this in people whose faith stays firm even when it's tested. And here's the thing for all of us. The current events of the last two to three years, they're all impacting us a different way, but they all give us and present the same opportunity. And, and many of us, we're, we're facing even individually even harder things than the things we've gone through as a culture and society and as a country the last two or three years. But it gives us the opportunity to persevere to finish the work so that we can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I know that's what you want, or you wouldn't be here. And then Jesus, James, finishes out this section of, of Scripture, and here's what he said. Verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him right? And maybe, and hopefully, that'll be me and you. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials because they have stood the test and have discovered what their faith really is and what their peace is really found in. And he says that person will receive the crown of life. And do you know what the crown of life is? I don't either, right? It doesn't tell us. I have no idea, but it sounds really good, doesn't it? And here's what I think that it might mean. Remember, we started this by telling us about Paul. Paul who said, we are hard-pressed on every side. We are under a lot of pressure. 
But do you know how he ends that section of scripture? And I think maybe this is what James is kind of hinting at. This is one of my favorite sections of scripture. Here's what he says. 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore, verse 16, should come up. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even when we face tough circumstances. And even when we face trials. We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Wouldn't you love to get there? Where when all of the stuff externally comes crashing down, internally you're being renewed day by day. And then he says this. For our light and momentary troubles, which is the acknowledgement again that we're all going to face these trials and these circumstances. But here's what I know about trials and circumstances and seasons and storms. They're temporary. They're momentary. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Again, this is a throwback to that peace that we find in Jesus who's overcome all of it that we face. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So, where's your peace? Where does your peace come from? What is your peace in? And when you face trials in life... Is your faith a faith that you can consider it joy because you know that what you're about to go through is going to give perseverance. It's going to strengthen you. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make your faith more authentic. Or are you someone like me sometimes who buckles under the pressure? Maybe this is the crown of life. I don't know. But maybe this is the perspective we need to have peace and perseverance even under pressure. Let's pray.